Hi, Chris. <laughs> Welcome. Ready to talk. Perfect. <laughs> Don't drink water. Fish fucking it. <laughs> and poo. <laughs> Drink a fish poo fuck water. <laughs> are we recording this? Perfect. Yes, we are recording this. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. And in this episode, we're going to meet Chris O'Leary of the Brew York blog and newsletter. Sadly, the episode actually became so long, so we had to divide it up in two. But that only means that next Friday you will hear the next part as well. So listen in and enjoy. We're sitting here at uh, Akrat for Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest, bubbliest podcast in the world. Number one. According to us. (laughs) Uh, And we're sitting here with a celebrity, uh, Chris O'Leary, all the way from New York. uh, And Brew York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us a bit not about the yourself. Not the brewery. Yeah, not the brewery for your. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. That's, that 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 gets tagged. I get tagged a lot in social media <laughs> posts meant for them, and I'm like, I like the tongue cocoa too, but like it's. <laughs> but that's but not who my are you beer. And, and um, what do you do? Uh, so I uh, have been writing about beer in New York City for. Um, It'll be 15 years next year of, of the site, Brew York, brewyork.beer. Um, which I, I, when I share that with people, they're like, there's a dot beer? I'm like, yeah, there's a dot beer. <laughs> and I have a, a newsletter, too, and that kind of goes beyond just New York beer. And I talk about my hobby of traveling for beer, too, which uh, has now brought me to 2,720 breweries. Uh, <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Not that I'm keeping count or anything. Uh, no. <laughs> On the Instagram, Watch. it says 2,719 <clears throat> and counting. <laughs> I read that yesterday. The 20th, the, yeah, the 20th, the 2,720th came yesterday. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. So, You're a slow updater, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I have to update my profile. Although there'll, there'll probably be one or two more today. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been... Um, been writing about and just sharing my passion for beer for you know for many many years and um have just really enjoyed traveling the world and experiencing a city through its beer which is why you know the very first time i came to stockholm this was you know akarat was the first place i went it was very much like literally dropped my bags at the hotel (laughs) and came straight here and uh just sat here for a couple hours taking Mm -hmm. it all in you know that's, I guess, me in a nutshell. <laughs> but this is your second time to Stockholm? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Because we met last time. Yes. Uh, when I was working at Canadian Brigade. Yep. And we did a little interview then for yeah. my old podcast as yeah. well. Yeah. Then you just turned up here the other day, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, Chris, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> this was, yeah, this was a very last minute trip. I was just looking for an excuse to, to travel uh, overseas and had Miss some extra time. in the U.S. Yeah, well, uh, and I mean, the, the holiday you know gave me a lot of extra time to travel, so I made the decision. I think two weeks ago to come here and barely had any plans. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know every every day I've just woken up and decided, all right, figure out my day as I go. So 
And the weather's been really nice as well. Oh, yeah. So it, it, it's actually much cooler here than, than in New York right now. So I'm kind of happy about That's that, nice. that, mm. uh, that I'm not sweating every day as I <laughs> trek across the city. So. And we're happy to fill out your day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for, uh, for giving me an excuse to, uh, to, to drink a beer at noon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm on vacation. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. yeah. It's always beer. <laughs> and as you can tell from the pictures here, we we uh, we try to to uh, do our best to make you feel at home as well. Because yeah. we've got two Brooklyn beers here, uh, two vintage ones. Uh, could you you want to tell them about what it is? The guys who don't watch the video but just listen to us instead. Beer. Not beer. <laughs> it's beer. No, we have beers. a Brooklyn Wild Streak, which is uh, a. Bretonomyces Golden Ale, right? Yes. Yeah, vintage 2014. And then you also have Brooklyn Black Chocolate from 08, right? Mm. Black Chocolate Stout. So Probably I imagine my... you've had a couple of those before. Oh, yeah. Life. Yeah. I, uh, that, that, is, that is the beer that I think I still have the most of in my cellar. Um, so do we although not not yet. <laughs> <laughs> although not not that vintage. I think I finally cleared through the 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 O eights. I think I'm. I think my oldest in there is either a eleven or twelve. All but right. I always pick up a four pack and put it in my cellar every year. So. I actually yeah. thought I I thought yesterday I was gonna because I thought I had there was one ghost bottle left of the original Black Ops <laughs> downstairs, but sadly. Someone's drank it. Oh. Was it uh, uh, probably me. Oh, it was a ghost bottles. <laughs> yeah, we had one black chocolate from the 2000s, but I think we're going to leave that one because that's the last bottle. So <laughs> keep that for somebody who's a bit. So, of course, we've got to, we've got to start by uh, giving you a beer. Yeah, of course. So okay. we'll, we'll do the and Wild Street wh- first. While we do that, uh, please tell us, how did you get into writing the Brew York blog? So um, I had a bit of a, a journalism background um, in college, but uh, when I graduated, I saw all of my friends getting jobs in small markets um, like Amarillo, Texas, and Savannah, Georgia, which is a beautiful town. But um, And I really didn't want to move to any of those places. Mm-hmm. So I took a job in advertising in New York City, and um, it was right around that time that um, I was getting into beer. So I lived about eight blocks from Brooklyn Brewery. Um, and that's this is at the time when they didn't really have a tap room. They were just doing tours. So you would mm-hmm. sign up for a tour. And that was my first brewery tour. And there was a great beer bar a few blocks away from there called Mug's Ale House. And um, they were my, that was the first place I ever had a barley wine. It was the first place I ever had a uh, an IPA. It was the first place that I asked, why does the Brooklyn Lager taste like grapefruit? And they're like, oh, that's the hops. And I'm like, hops can taste like grapefruit. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) And uh, that just uh, kind of when I was looking for an outlet for for my writing, because I wasn't doing any writing in my advertising job, um, I decided I'd start writing about beer. And... um, it was really, you know, and it was kind of selfishly that I've started writing it because there was no such resource that existed in New York City for finding out where there were beer events going on, tap takeovers, beer dinners, things like that, or when a new bar opened or when a new brewery opened, um, which at that time was 
very rare that a new brewery would open. There were four breweries in New York City when I started writing about beer there. Uh, there's now over 50. But that was that was how I got really started is just I wanted to create a resource because none existed. It started to write itself mm. because, you know, in, in the first few years, it was a struggle because, you know, the that at the time there was a rep New York had a reputation of not being a beer city. It was a wine and cocktail city. Um, I would say it still has that reputation, but the beer scene at the time matched that reputation. Now, but you still had a few really good beer bars. Right. Gingerman has been around for ages and ages. Gingerman. I mean, at the time it was, it was Gingerman. It was blind tiger. It was, uh, it was, Mugs, which I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Rattle and Hum came not too long after that, um, and that was, you know, the Pony Bar opened around that time too. And those, this is these back are places. When, when, this year? is like two thousand eight, two thousand eight, um, and yeah, it was really like from two thousand eight to twenty twelve, we just had a wave of really great beer bars that opened, and then twenty twelve was right around the time when the brewery. Yeah, era really started to take off in New York. So you had Rockaway and Single Cut, which opened in back-to-back years. And they were the first two new breweries to open in, in the city. In It was almost five years that we went without a new brewery opening. And finally, you know, it was real. I think it was 2014 where we had like seven or eight new breweries open. And that's the, I mean, these are the classes of, you know, you had other half and then, um, KCBC and, and Innerborough and Grimm opened their Grimm was still contract brewing at the time, but mm-hmm. they, they launched around that time. Just some really iconic names now in beer um, I, I remember, for IPAs at least. <laughs> I, when I, I was in New York the first time in 2016, I think, because mm-hmm. I worked for Brooklyn. Yep, Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, I didn't work for the city of Brooklyn or the borough of Brooklyn. I worked for the Brooklyn Brewery, and and uh, we had an event with just New York. It was kind of a craft event, a fermentation event. Uh, yep, yep. I remember that fermental event. show or something. Yep. It was uh, first in. It was just a few beers, but then kimchi and and kombucha kefir whatever they wanted that was fermented mm-hmm. and then it just switched and it was all beers and we actually stood there with our beers from from stockholm and people went absolutely bananas for because we had a west coast style ipa <laughs> like old west coast yep. style yeah. yep. we went like oh this is the way it's supposed to taste why why are, why, why are we doing all this because juices were actually it was just, just around the time yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and so people would start going juicy, 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 and like, oh, but this is good. That's <laughs> <laughs> how you want it. Should we yeah. say cheers? Yeah, cheers. absolutely. Can't just look at the beer. Cheers. Cheers. Very mellow. Very it restrained. It, it has, actually has mellowed down quite a bit. Yeah. Because yeah. it was kind of, when it was fresh, it was kind of yelling at you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, this... <laughs> This is really great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I, think I, have, I think I I think I know, yeah. I, thought, I, I really thought this was going to like be at the end of its life, mm-hmm. but drinking this, ooh. It was really nice. Got to show off the logo. <laughs> but you started yeah. Brew York, the blog, 08. Yeah. It was a good vintage on the black. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, that was a, that was my thoughts. Oh yeah, uh, that's when I picked a, up the bottle. In commemoration. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so how, how much how much hours did you put into the blog in the beginning? Um, I mean, it was it was a lot harder in the beginning, but just because I had to enterprise news, like it wasn't you know I didn't have any contacts. I would consider like the fact that I was like just starting to strike up conversations with with you know bar owners and stuff like that and salespeople who work for beer distributors just to try to get a pulse on what was going on in beer like what new breweries were coming to New York and things like that so i guess when you consider that like drinking beer was part of the hours put into it which were really hard hours you know uh, <laughs> it's a tough oh, job yeah, 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 to someone's <laughs> going to do it um yeah, I mean, I was I was putting in like you know twenty twenty hours a week maybe, uh, just to get like maybe one or two posts a week, if that. I think what's changed now for me is you know the news mostly comes to me now, mm-hmm. so, so, so people call you and go like, "We've got a top takeover." Yeah, Could you do yeah, s- like say something about it. And- yep. Yeah. Um, especially bigger events, and I you know. Also, bars are much better at promoting themselves now than they were then, so yeah. it helps me find out about things <laughs> that may be interesting to my to my readers. And also what's happened is I started a weekly newsletter early last year, and it's also forced me to create you know, it's it's created deadlines for me, so I'm actually feel obligated to write. So that helps too, because I'm constantly trying to dig up things that will be interesting to my readers. So I, I re- which I really enjoy because it also what's interesting to my readers is probably interesting to me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, I want to go to this uh, tap takeover that's happening because I actually subscribed to the newsletter yesterday. Oh, I thank you for subscribing. I even downloaded the app. You oh, yeah. About, yeah. Well, it's got sub, sub something. I don't know. It's a sub stack. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll uh, <laughs> put a bit, a bit of a. We'll give you the uh, website for for yeah, downloading yeah, it and yep. it's Instagram page and. Mm-hmm. The brew, brew underscore York. Brew right? underscore York. Yeah. Yes, not not brew York beer. That's the brewery, again the brewery in York. Who, by the way, I've I've visited I've visited Brew York and um, I really like what they do and they have a lot of fun with their beers and um, I've been to a couple beer festivals in in England where they've been pouring and it's just been like you know they they don't take beer too seriously, which has always for me been the same thing. Like beer's fun, you know, like I don't, I don't, I, I try to write about things that like, I I write about the serious aspects of beer, especially, you know, that there's been a lot going on in, in the beer world when it comes to, you know, accusations of harassment and things like that and trying to address that there's also regulatory things that are to a very small subset of my audience important Mm -hmm. especially the people who work in the beer industry um so understanding the regulatory aspects of of beer and how those have evolved there's a huge issue in new jersey right now where basically overnight breweries faced a massive change in the way they were regulated by the state. And I mean, that's, well, that's serious stuff, but, um, and it, it affects the livelihoods of brewers, but, um, 
but yeah, I also like to have fun. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I love to you know, travel and experience a city through its beer and share that information with people. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I, someone asked me the other day, it's like someone asked me like last month, like, hey, if I'm going to Denver, what brewery should I go to? And I'm like, Callstead Beer House. Oh, Beer Stout Lager House. Yes. Um, so and, uh, th- uh, Crooked Stave. Yep, yep. And uh, oh, there's funny, so funny enough, I don't even think I mentioned Crooked Stave. So I finally was like, okay, I go to Denver. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Denver next week, actually. <laughs> so, so that's how often I go to Denver. I was just there in June. Um, but um, when I, you know, I go there so much and people are always asking me what brewery should I go to? And I'm, I'm like, well, there's 78 in Denver alone, just yeah. Denver proper. <laughs> and like, here's, so I, I wrote like, oh, here's 10, like, and here's, here's why you should go to these. So, you know, if you're into loggers, mm-hmm. Beers Out Logger House is, is a no brainer. Yeah. But it, it every brewer in the area around like Fort Collins, uh, uh, Lions, Boulder, everyone I spoke to was like, when you come to Denver, you have to go to Bierstadt Logger House. Because so, that's, that's where every brewer goes. Yeah. That's the place However. You, the, the best beer I had in Denver was a lager. That is yeah. just weird. Yeah. Because that is kind of IPA mecca. <laughs> I mean, it's now. So I will say that I love Bierstadt Logger House. But my opinion on where to send people for loggers has slightly shifted in Denver Mm -hmm. uh, since last September when Cohesion opened, um, and they are an all-Czech brewery. Um, And, in fact, how Czech are they? I mean, everything is poured from the the side Side pool. Yep. And and all of the beer names are in Czech with a pronunciation guide, so you can properly order them. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, everything's done in the the Czech brewing tradition. You know, everything's really impeccable. It's it's now like, okay, well, if you want Czech-style lagers, go to Cohesion. If you want German-style lagers, go to Beers Out Lagers. And that just goes to show you, like, how how much of an evolved beer scene Denver has that they can have two lager specialists. Actually, it's not even just those two. You've also got Prost, which also like specializes in German style beer. So it's, it's, it, there are so many, there's a brewery that exclusively makes uh, chicha. What? Which, yeah, yeah. Like we've now just gotten to a point where there's so much evolution in beer in Denver that, and you now have a much more educated beer consumer there. Oh yeah, that like you can open an all Czech brewery and people will go there because it's like, oh, I know what Czech style beer is. I know I like it. Let me go to this brewery, and and then you've still got places like um, Novel Strand and Cerebral that are making tons of hazy IPAs and making them really well. Um, and even those breweries are now the pendulum's kind of swung back and they're making incredible loggers as well. Mm. So and you go back, you have Great Divide mm-hmm. who does like more old style IPAs and uh, Imperial Stouts and, and Barleys. For sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, so if if you go to the US, I think there's two cities, well, three cities you should go to. Mm-hmm. New York because it's New York. Right. You uh, don't go to New York for the beer. No, no, go but to New York. But the beer is a really nice, yeah. like, <laughs> a, icing on the cake. Yeah. Uh, Denver, because of the beer. 
Yep. And San Diego because of the beer and the climate and the people. If I'd moved to the U.S., I'd move to San Diego. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've already decided that if I, uh, if the opportunity arises, I will retire to Ocean Beach in San Diego, get a little shack a couple blocks from the beach. and Close to Pizza Port. Close to Pizza Port, exactly. <laughs> Within walking distance of Pizza Port is a very important oh, yeah. uh, aspect of... of of that shack wherever it is <laughs> but uh yeah it's it is where if worse comes to worse calls calls bod calls bad yeah Carlsbad yep yep, yep. is close enough yeah, yeah 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 and there's and there's another pizza port there and yeah. also several other breweries there i mean there's a hundred and almost I, 200 breweries uh, yeah, within the in city Sa- in san diego county yeah mm, yeah and it's trouble. it's um it's overwhelming. I like. I've been. I usually go to San Diego like once every two years. I think on one trip, my friend and I managed to do something close to forty breweries over five days, mm-hmm. because they're all clustered around each other. You can just walk from one to another. Yeah, but where Alesmith is, that's mm-hmm. just around the old naval base. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and you got like. 25 30 breweries yeah. within throwing this as of a stone. You could spend yeah, you yeah. could spend a weekend just in Mira Mesa and yeah. still not visit all the breweries there. It's it's an incredible do, place. Do all the breweries have tap rooms or is it just uh, Most yeah. most of them do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the the one thing that um And if they don't just call them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They, they will go like, "Oh, oh, you're from Sweden." Yeah, yeah. Hey, come on in. <laughs> like uh, we'll have someone show you around and then give you a few beers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing that's um I always like to talk to people who haven't been to the States who are into beer because the the taproom culture there is such a huge part of what breweries do. I mean, it was maybe 10 years ago, most breweries that opened source their revenue from distribution. So from sending their beer to a distributor or in the places that they can self-distribute, they're self-distributing, you know, they were selling beer to bars. And the model has completely turned on its head where there are a lot of breweries that are too small to justify distribution. Yeah, they don't they sell, sell outside of the tap room. Right. Yeah. I mean, and there are there are a lot of small breweries to do that. There's some large breweries that do that. I mean, Treehouse in Massachusetts is probably the, the, the like most significant example of that. I mean, they make tens of thousands of barrels of beer a year and not a single drop of that leaves the premise in anything other than a consumer's hand in the form of a can. They don't even do much on-premise drinking volume because they have a cap on how many beers you can have in one visit to the taproom. Okay. So, like, that just goes to show you. Like, or a choice? No, that's a choice. That's okay. a choice on their part. They because, don't want any... Well, they don't want... They don't they want shit face people in their brewery. Correct. But they also, like, if they were an on-premise volume brewery, they probably wouldn't have as many cans to sell too true <laughs> so um which it, it's it has been pretty interesting to see a brewery grow like that and grow entirely in a way where they're keeping everything on premise because there are also breweries that started that way i mean i think of like other half you know when when they launched um they quickly got enveloped in the like can game and you know selling four packs for you know eighteen twenty dollars so people would line up for hours upon hours to buy a big complaint among beer bars in New York at the time was like I want to support them, but they don't send kegs out 
to us, you know, and if they do, it's only like their IPA. And that was because they just couldn't manage the volume in any other way. Yeah. Like they didn't have the volume to distribute at the time. So they've evolved in a way that has allowed for growth. So now you can get another half beer at a, at a bar in New York city and uh, you know, a, a really great one at that. But they also now have, I think, six tap rooms, yeah. Buffalo, Finger Lakes, Rockefeller Center, two in Brooklyn. Oh, seven, Philadelphia and D.C. Um, so <laughs> they are really they've really grown. And it's cool to see that growth, especially considering that it started in New York City. Yeah. And they've kept some of that growth, at least in New York City, by opening their Domino Park location in Brooklyn, which is, by the way, not far from Brooklyn Brewery, no. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful location right on the river, right across the street from um, this park that runs right along the East River. You've got mm-hmm. just a great view there. It's much better than their view from their original tap room, which is uh, under a highway overpass across the street <laughs> from a McDonald's. Uh, so so uh, much better view. And then Rockefeller Center, that was... That was an acknowledgement on their part that beer tourism has become a thing in New York City. Yeah. Because being in Rockefeller Center, most New Yorkers aren't just casually hanging out in Rockefeller Center. It's mostly That's, tourists. It's mostly tourists. But they know that some tourists who are hanging out or you know staying at a hotel near Times Square or Midtown are not going to trek all the way out to Gowanus in Brooklyn, although I argue they should see the outer boroughs. Come to Brooklyn. It's a great place. Brooklyn is uh, cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's first time I went, it's like, it's like walking into one of these movies where people are sitting on their stoops and, and like hanging out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real community feel. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the thing. It, you have to... Well, Brooklyn is big, so... Parts of Brooklyn I've been to at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, it's city if, in a city. Yeah, it really is. If 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 Brooklyn was a standalone city, it would be the the fourth largest city in the U.S. Fourth, well, I think. Fifth, I think. Yeah, yeah, it might be fifth now because I think Houston has has jumped us. Um, although we have a lot more. They have a lot more area than we do. <laughs> um, the, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the next beer. All right, <laughs> but yeah, the you know the neighborhoods of Brooklyn are distinct, and you know I always tell people to to cross the bridge and explore explore the neighborhoods because um, you know that you've got also you know history behind a lot of the neighborhoods where like Greenpoint is ethnically polish so you know you can get amazing pierogi in in greenpoint and that was actually where i lived when i first moved to new york and uh it's probably one of only two neighborhoods in the u.s where you could exclusively speak polish and probably still be able to do business for the most part yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and I mean, then you've got like just south of there is is a section of Williamsburg that's historically Italian, and there's great cafes and bakeries and restaurants have been around for generations and generations. There's been a lot of change in you know places like Park Slope, where it's now like a very like bucolic uh, neighborhood of like families and. It's right by Prospect Park, and it's also it's like you've got Prospect Park on one side of Park Slope. If I could afford to live in Park Slope, I would probably live there just because of its proximity to several great breweries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've got the park on one side of the neighborhood, and then there's like four breweries that are on like 
virtually on successive blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in fact, two on the same block, you know, on the on the west side. So you've got threes. You've got Wild East, which um, I think I will safely say is the best brewery in New York City right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild East Brewing, yeah. Um, just in terms of just the breadth of what they do, they they make incredible beers across the st- style spectrum, and uh, they do everything really well. And you've got Finback has a location in Brooklyn as well now, and then Strong Rope, which was our first farm brewery in New York. Oh, cool. Um, that sourced 100% of its ingredients from New York State, uh, which gives you some regulatory relaxation, um, but it's also it's pushed growers of hops and malt houses to create better products mm-hmm. and um and for the smaller ones as well because the, yeah. the the big ones have always had especially op- options on on hops sure sure uh, so the small ones could they got what they could yeah exactly and i mean in in new york state we were historically a hop growing region mm-hmm. um you know there was a time prior to prohibition where the vast majority of hops grown in the U S were grown in New York. Now it's, you know, New York is a distant fifth. like so, so low that the, you know, even in fifth place, they, uh, this, the federal government doesn't even report out on which varieties are growing there because it's, it's like, you know, 500 acres versus like tens of thousands of acres in the Pacific Northwest in Washington, Oregon and Mm -hmm. Idaho. Um, But it's at least helping to encourage beer agriculture. And um, the, it's also kind of cool for for local brewers to be able to get local produce. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. To to make the beers. And, and it also brings variety to the beers for sure. And, and and we're, we're getting there in terms of look, the reality is a New York grown cascade hop is never going to be as good as a Washington state grown it's not cascade be the hop. Same, is it? No. Right, right. No, no. Like all of the, you know, everything about it is going to be different, you know, in terms of the, just the character of it and everything. Yeah. But New York state and the uh, Cornell agriculture school are actually working together uh, on a on a hop breeding program to try to create new varietals that are ideal for New York State, uh, for their climate um, and the soil, and I'm hoping that that results in like you know maybe ten years down the road, there's some really great hops that are grown in New York State that are iconic for New York State. Michigan's kind of gotten there. They have this uh, varietal called Copper, and then um, there's um, Empire, too, which I'm really annoyed that that there's a hop called Empire that's not <laughs> made, grown, originates in the Empire State. Um, but, yeah, like, I think that years down the road, agriculture can thrive in New York, and, you know, we'll be talking about a very different... Other half will be making all whatever everything and that whatever is some like new york state grown hop that's probably grown maybe 10 miles down the road from their brewery in the finger lakes for our listeners who's not that needy uh, the reason we talk about hops and and where it's grown is that hops is the only thing you talk terror yeah Mm -hmm. because hops it's a weed yeah yeah it it mutates depending on where where it's if you have the cascade it will be different wherever you grow it because the soil everything like with grapes it changes uh, according to the climate and, and soil and water and everything like that. Yeah, so. the p- 
parallel there that's really interesting in New York is that the farm brewery bill that started to encourage beer agriculture in the state is modeled after our farm winery bill, which mm-hmm. passed in the 1970s, that created a really active wine scene in, in the North Fork of Long Island and in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes. So this was the next natural step was to try to encourage beer agriculture in the same regions because the soil, I mean, it's the same parallel that you see in Washington state, you know, Washington and Oregon yeah. are great, are great wine regions as well. Uh, should we say cheers? Uh, let's uh, celebrate uh, the birth of uh, Brew York with that OA Black Truffle Stout. 14 year old uh, Imperial Stout. It's still there. I was afraid this was going to like be more soy saucy. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not. It's not, not as soy saucy as I was. Uh, I was worried about. So that's good. Mm. <laughs> but it's quite. It's really dry as well. Mm. Yeah, it's not one of these. It's not. Your modern pastry, <laughs> right? No. This is no. this is dry, crispy, more of a traditional British imperial stout, basically. Yeah, it is funny to think like how, like, just the term chocolate stout seems to evoke pastry stout these oh, yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a maple, a maple um, cacao stout last night, and it was just sickly sweet. I mean, but, but, that's still it, not, it that's wasn't the uh, Alesmith one, was it? No, no. we had that on top the other oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it wasn't sickly sweet, that one, though. Uh, Ale Smith does some... They, they brew balance. Yeah, yeah, like, they do. That's why they're so big yep. or, mm-hmm. or, like, highly renowned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and when I say sickly sweet, uh, again, that's this is this is one thing that in my writing I always talk about is is that I when I write about beer, I am writing from a... From two perspectives, one, a factual uh, perspective of what is in the beer, Mm. and two, my personal opinion of a beer, which I've said time and time again, should only matter to me. Well, taste Mm. is the most uh, subjective thing we own. That's why it's called taste. Yep. It's your taste. Yeah. And if someone tells you you're wrong, you can actually tell them to fuck off because they are wrong. (laughs) And, and, And... and I, I always say it's, it, it, it's everything's a matter of opinion, and and a, and a A plus beer for one person could be a D beer for someone else. Oh, yeah. And and the only time that I like can honestly say that a beer is bad, there's like I always have to distinguish. This is like something I always say: the difference between a beer geek and a beer snob oh. is that a beer geek can can recognize the difference between a bad beer and a beer they don't like and yes. know those are two different things because I have had so many people say they make bad beer and I'm like no they don't like there's nothing beers t- but it's not to your to your liking right yeah. exactly exactly like they that's that's my issue with untapped reviewers. Oh yeah, but with oh a, gosh, with yeah. A, with uh, a it's, it's, I had a buddy rating system. I had a I have a buddy who's like, no, you can never rate a lager higher than three, and I'm like, why the fuck not? He's like, no, because it can never taste more than a stout. Like obviously, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, well, not the same. I mean, thing. I definitely see that on Untapped. Like yeah, when I go and look at like average ratings for did for you see the one on, on Wein Stefano Weissbier, one mm-hmm. of the most iconic white spirits mm. in the world? Yep. I saw it had a rating of one, so I had to read the review, no. and it said, I don't like wheat beers. 
<laughs> why the fuck do you rate it then? Right. Yeah. Just I mean, if you drink it, log it as if you've tried it, of course. But don't rate something with one star and say I don't like wheat beers. Yeah. Right. For example, the 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 Dundrids degree. They had yeah. the the viola. It's a it's a real. Viola it splits sound. people. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, Ooh, that um, sounds like something I wouldn't. I hate, again I something hate I would. Yeah. yeah I hate okay. licorice. I hate so like but I would never I rate that beer. <laughs> it was actually well made beer. Yeah. And it, it was really top top with the licorice and the the. Violets. Violets. It was there and like, really, really on your palate and nose mm-hmm. all the way, but it's not for my liking. Right. I'm not going to rate it one because, no, I think the licorice is disgusting. I, I'm going to hate everything with licorice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, uh, we're going to have to take a short break and change some batteries in this one. Yeah. We'll be back. Ooh. So that's it for part one of this episode with Chris O'Leary of Brew York blog and newsletter. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did recording it. We got more coming next Friday. And thank you very much to our sponsors, Elite Hotels, Bishop Arms, of course, Accurate. And you guys, whatever you do, drink better beer. Ha 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 ha!